I'm Jessie Aredia, and you're listening to Soul Care for the New Mom, a podcast designed with new moms in mind, where we talk about what it looks like to thrive in motherhood as the free, confident, joy-filled women God has called us to be. So back in the beginning of October, around that time, I hosted my first ever mom empowered virtual retreat as some of you guys know which was this three-day group coaching event for moms centered around the topics of overcoming anger and how it connects to anxiety overcoming overwhelm and I was just so impressed by the vulnerability and just the openness of these women who attended and really, really thankful that I had that opportunity to coach them through what they're facing in their motherhood journeys and their marriage. And today, I actually want to take some time to dive into one of the things that we spent some time on during day two of the retreat, which is this idea of using a plan B and a plan C to combat some of the anxiety or anger that we may experience as moms. And now when I say plan B or plan C, I just kind of want to dive into what I'm referring to because what I'm referring to is a second or third plan that you have in place for when you have a specific goal in mind, aka your plan A, that either gets interrupted by something or doesn't go as planned. And I'll be giving a few different examples on what this looks like in everyday motherhood terms. But before I do, I want to talk about this idea of a plan A and why I think not having a plan B or a plan C to follow up your plan A with is almost like asking for anxiety and stress, which I don't think we intentionally do, but it still happens inevitably unless you are real conscientious of what your plan B and your plan C will be. So let's break this down real quick. Plan A, this is your ideal situation. This is your dream. This is your goal. This is what you most want to happen. And a plan A can be anything from You really want to get a workout in before the kids wake up or you really want to go a whole day without yelling at your husband. I mean, you can have a plan A for pretty much anything and in in a way we all sort of already do. We just might not realize that the situations we're imagining or hoping for are this plan. What makes these things our plan A is not that we are strategically taking action to carry out this plan, but rather that we are invested with our intentions and our emotions, which is why I think it's easy to have these subconscious plan A's without even really realizing it. So much of it is beneath the surface. It's not something that we write down on paper or have on the calendar or ever even verbalize as a goal of ours, usually. It's usually just a hope or a wish or something we really care about and are invested in emotionally which is why I think plan A's can oftentimes be our downfall and what helps create the anxiety or anger or overwhelm that we are struggling with and this is where having a plan B and a plan C come in because when we actually pinpoint what our plan A is and then have a second and third plan in place to help us continue toward our ideal or our goal or our dream even when that plan A doesn't work out or go as planned, 
we are able to actually circumvent our anxieties and frustrations by using these plan B's and plan C's to empower us, to boost our confidence, make us feel more in control, and hopefully still achieve those ideals or goals or whatever it is that you're working towards. So that is kind of the theory behind plan A's, plan B's, and plan C's, but let's get practical and walk through some examples of what this may look like in everyday motherhood, which if you are listening, you are almost certainly currently dealing with, whether you have a newborn baby that you are just spending time with day in and day out, or you're juggling a full-time job along with parenthood and having to deal with all the everyday struggles and joys that come with that. So examples. I'm going to share a couple just based off of my own experiences and then I'm going to share a few that came out of those sessions I did during the retreat and then I'll walk you through how to identify and create your own plan A's, plan B's, and plan C's. So first example and if you've been listening to this podcast for a while then you have almost definitely heard me talk about this in some shape or form and I promise I am not trying to bore you by continuing to bring it up but I just feel like I want to show you how impactful this was for me as a new mom because I know that so many of you are in this exact same situation and are needing encouragement and help in this area too. So this example is When my eldest was first born, my plan A for spending time with the Lord looked pretty much the same as what I had going on before she was born, which was having that 30 minute or 45 minute chunk of time where I would read my Bible, journal, pray, maybe read some Christian nonfiction self-help type book. And this was my ideal way to spend time with God. This was my goal even after Tessa came into the picture. And there's several different reasons for why I kept this as my plan A, which I'm not going to get into too much right now. But one thing I will say is that in hindsight, I realized that one of the reasons I was so set on having this as my plan A was because I thought this was the only correct way to spend time with God, which is kind of silly now, like when I say it out loud. But it's only because I've since identified the lies and that fear that I used to have of not doing enough or not being able to earn God's presence that now I realize the truth. But anyway, so that was my plan A. And what ended up happening inevitably is that my plan A kept getting interrupted or it just wasn't even feasible in that season of early motherhood because either Tessa would skip her nap and cut into my reading time or I would just be so busy that I wouldn't even have a chance to like stop and do that. Or I'd sit down with my Bible and just really struggle to focus and find the motivation for it. And because at the time I didn't have a plan B or a plan C, my anxiety over not being able to connect with God in the way I wanted or thought I needed, this anxiety just kept growing and growing until it turned into anger and rage and eventually resulted in these screaming episodes between me and my five-month-old where I'm blaming her and getting mad at her and really just because I felt so powerless. And one day in the middle of one of these episodes, which by the way, if you have experienced something like this, I definitely recommend you do a little research to figure out if you may be suffering from postpartum rage because this was definitely my case at the time and I didn't even know to get help for it until after my second was born, but that's a whole other story. One day in the middle of an episode like this where I was yelling and crying and just raging like a maniac in the nursery while my baby was crying in her crib, 
my husband Grant burst into the room and he took one look at me and was like, Jesse, whatever you're doing clearly isn't working. So go do something else. Take her to the park, get out of this house, but whatever you do, just stop trying to force this. And I actually listened. We went to the park, which was just 10 minutes away from our house. I, we got there, I nursed her on a bench, loaded her up in the stroller, put my earbuds in, turned a playlist of some worship music on, and then I just walked. And that day I walked for about three miles. And let me tell you, it was so freeing and refreshing and healing because for once I wasn't feeling like I was confined to the structured routine where I felt this pressure to connect with God by doing all the right things and checking boxes off of a list. I was able to just be with him and share my heart with him and spend time praising him and be out in nature admiring him and his creation and this beautiful baby who's looking up at me. And that is when I found my plan B. And the anxiety and anger just, it just dissipated. Like I didn't need to feel anxious or uptight anymore. I didn't need to fight for control anymore. And then when it got rainy and we couldn't go to the park quite as much, which we had been doing like almost every day since that episode occurred, that's when I came up with a few different plan C's, which mostly just looked like using different pockets of time throughout my day to either read a quick devotion using an app like the She Reads Truth app or listen to worship music while nursing at home, or even wait for nap time to get that solid chunk of reading in. And for a while, to be honest, both my plan B and plan C didn't even have any journaling aspect in it because it had just become such a source of stress for me that I I realized that I wanted to learn how to thrive without it. So that is one example of having a plan A, plan B, and plan C, and how having all three really helped me work through what what honestly felt like a very discouraging, just almost devastating situation that really triggered my anger. Um, But having these plans, this plan A, plan B, and plan C, that is what helped me and got me to a place of freedom and peace. Now, another example that comes to mind is how Grant and I continue to have a thriving sex life, which if you don't want to hear about, please feel free to fast forward. But I do think that this could be a good lesson for some of you ladies out there who are still trying to figure out how and when to prioritize sex now that there are these kids in the picture who interrupt things and make you tired and when your hormones are all out of whack, Um, which if you are in that place and you're noticing like you don't enjoy sex like you used to or you're having a hard time spicing things back up, I really encourage you to listen to my episode from a few weeks back that I did with Ashlyn Watkins because this was just a really good encouraging episode on the topic of sex and it got pretty practical which I I feel like I really appreciate and I know some of you guys appreciate as well. Um, So anyway, our plan A for sex is in the evening once or twice a week after the kids go down, which I think is probably what a lot of couples have as their plan A. I think we all still want to regularly have sex, even if just to say that we're doing it, not necessarily that we're feeling it. Um, And I know that there are plenty of weeks where I'm not feeling it, but I still do want to meet that desire and need that I know Grant has, and I don't want to let one week turn into two weeks, and then a month, and then two months. So our plan A is to have sex at least once a week, preferably two, because it gets kind of grouchy when it's been too long. And by the way, I do have permission to share all this because we're pretty open books, but 
Like I said, in this season, there are a lot of factors that can easily get in the way of having a plan A like that. Like if you have kids who refuse to go to bed, or if you are just so tired by the time eight o'clock rolls around that the last thing you want to do is be touched, let alone have sex, which is usually the case for me. I just don't like being touched. I don't even like sitting on the same side of the couch at the end of the day. Like I really just want to be on my own. I just want to binge watch some shows until we go to sleep. And that is why we have a plan B. Plan B for us is that if we haven't had sex by Wednesday night, we aim to have sex during the girls nap time on Thursdays, which is Grant's day off, which I usually have a whole lot more energy for and enjoy more because again, like I'm not touched out. It's not the end of the day where I'm tired. But even plan B's don't always work out because sometimes I'm not feeling it then either. And sometimes we actually have things that we need to get done or we just want to play some Call of Duty. Let's be real. So, and like another thing that I think that a lot of us struggle with is that I don't have the same sex drive that I used to. It's a lot better than it was when I first became a mom. And that's because of hormones regulating and us being more creative with how we're having sex, um, where we're having sex, what we're using during sex, which brings me to our plan C, which is that if we're not doing it in the evening and we don't take advantage of that nap time on Thursday, then our course of action or our intercourse of action, if I'm trying to be punny, is to have shower sex either on Thursday or Friday because it's quick, it's done, we can get it done, the end, we did it. And I hope you don't take that the wrong way as like I like I really do value intimacy. I really truly do. But in this season, I know myself and I know Grant and we are both really okay with some weeks being more so about the function of sex than the intimacy of sex. And we do find other ways to be intimate like sexy dancing in the kitchen or long sweet hugs while cooking dinner or I don't know, probably something else that takes place in the kitchen because for some reason that is where we do a lot more of our touching. Um, but anyway, that's that's my plan A, plan B, and plan C for our sex life. Those are just two personal, real life, practical examples of using a plan A, plan B, and plan C to help combat that anxiety, prevent that anger or frustration or even guilt, which I know is also a big thing that can come up a lot, and provide a clear path to confidence and joy and peace. Now, I really, really enjoy getting to work with the women who attended Mom Empowered, and I really loved helping them create their own plan Bs and plan Cs, and it was so interesting how everyone sort of had a different plan A or goal in mind, depending on their priorities and their values and their current situation. So like several moms wanted to work on plan B's and plan C's for working out because this was important to them and it was a source of stress for them because of the everyday interruptions and distractions that were coming up in their life. So and and for them like their plan A was usually to work out first thing in the morning and then when they weren't able to do it they were getting frustrated and that's where having a plan B such as waiting for nap time or having a plan C such as waiting for their husbands to get home that was something that I think that they knew in the back of their minds but they hadn't really committed to and having the conversation with them about it helped them get to that point of commitment and realizing this was necessary for them Um, two other moms that were attending the retreat wanted to create a plan b and plan c for crossing things off their to-do lists because 
They were ending every day feeling really overwhelmed by how much they hadn't completed and still had to do. And it was cutting into their time with their family and even cutting into their time for sleep. And so um, that was something that we worked on. And one or two moms actually needed help figuring out what their plan A even was um, or what they're even wanting to work towards. So the conversations we had on this was really good, really helpful, and I heard feedback from some of them later that this was the biggest breakthrough moment for them or their biggest takeaway from those three days, this idea of having a plan B and a plan C in place. And what I love most about coaching them in this is that it really does fuel creativity, it fuels problem solving, goal setting, vision casting, and like I said earlier, it really does empower you. It gives you a sense of control and power when you're able to create these plans on how you will address these interruptions or distractions that always inevitably come up. So now... I want to challenge you, whoever's listening right now, to really think about the areas or problems in your life that you are facing right now where you are feeling the most stressed or anxious or maybe even angry. It could be something kid-related like you're trying to sleep train or it could be self-care related like trying to fit that workout in or trying to have that time with the Lord or it could even be relationship related like the frequency of your quality time together or how you handle conflict in your marriage. Whatever the case may be, I want you to think of those things and start identifying what those plan A's in your head are really are because odds are you do have plan A's, You you just might not have verbalized them yet. But the way to know if you do have a plan A is if there is tension or disappointment or stress that you're experiencing related to it. Because you wouldn't feel those things if you didn't already have a hope or goal for how you want things to go. And that is your plan A. And once you have your plan A, I want you to really take some time brainstorming what your plan B and plan C are going to be. I'm I'm saying write them down. You might even need to write out a list of a few different options to choose from. And I want you to write this down because one I don't want you to forget it but two because I think that that extra step of intentionality really helps seal it in your mind and makes you way more likely to follow through and if you really want to make sure you follow through you can even share your list with somebody who can help hold you accountable or you can at least put your list in a place where you'll see it often and then once you have your plan a's your plan b's and plan c's I want you to start utilizing them Next time something doesn't go according to plan, think, do I have a plan B for this? Do I have a plan to help me deal with this disappointment or unexpected stress or to help me move on from this frustration? And if you do, then do it. And if you don't, then you know that there are still more plan Bs and plan Cs that you need to come up with. I mean, the possibilities really are endless. And when you create a habit of doing this, I promise that your confidence as a wife and a mom will grow so much because you won't be feeling like a powerless victim anymore. You'll actually know from experience, from actually walking it out, that you do have a say in your life, that you do have options for reaching your goals, for getting your needs met, for handling whatever problems come your way. And here's one more thing I love about this practice. It gives the Holy Spirit a chance to move in ways that we don't always let him. 
And what I mean by this is that oftentimes our anxiety will tell us that we don't have options. Again, there's that powerlessness when really there are more options and the Lord could lead us to those options and answer our prayers through our commitment to trying those options. In James chapter one, one of my favorite verses um, is a promise that if we lack wisdom and ask God for wisdom, he will give it and he will give it generously. And I'm wondering how many of you who are listening today are wanting wisdom, desperately seeking wisdom, desperately seeking answers or solutions to the problems that you're facing, but are still so stuck on your plan A, trying to make that plan work, that you're not allowing the spirit to move in those situations and bring new ideas to mind that could actually end up being that perfect answer to your problem. Just some food for thought. But if you are thinking right now, okay, this is some good stuff, but I I need help implementing this either because you need help clarifying what your plan A, plan B, and plan C will be or because your anxiety is maybe even holding you back from wanting to attempt this. I would love the opportunity to do a quick coaching call with you and I would do this for free. I'm talking a free 15 or 20 minute video chat where we come up with a plan A, plan B, and plan C for you in an area where you are currently struggling and we'll talk about the anxiety piece if that is an issue for you as well. Because here's what my hope is. My hope is that all of us moms grow to feel absolutely confident, and empowered in all aspects of our life and motherhood journey and I know that for many of us including myself that means being willing to ask for help and being willing to work with somebody to identify those root issues or negative patterns in your thinking that we might not even know how to work through let alone recognize and give words to so If this is you, if you are thinking that you would like some coaching or you would like even just more information about my longer term coaching program, please feel free to reach out. You can either apply for a clarity call through my website, which is at soulcarefornthenewmom.com forward slash clarity call, or you can just click the link in the show notes, or you can shoot me an email, jessie at soulcarefornthenewmom.com or message me on Instagram because this is where I'm always hanging out. You can find me at soulcarefornthenewmom.com. Um, Speaking of Instagram, it would mean so much if you would take a screenshot of you listening to this episode, post it to your Instagram stories, tag me, again, that's at soulcarefornthenewmom, and then share what was your biggest takeaway from this episode, or what is the thing that you're going to create your plan B and plan C for? I really am curious to hear more from you guys on this, because I think that the more we have these conversations, the more empowered we all feel. And as always, I would also appreciate a rating and review in iTunes as well if you haven't already left one. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you for allowing me to just be a voice of encouragement and wisdom in your motherhood journey. And thank you for how you show support to me as well. Until next time, I will be rooting for you, cheering you on, and I am hoping that you walk away from this episode feeling refreshed and ready to make those plan Bs and plan Cs, which I think we all need. 